welcome to the pod. It's Rochelle. Today's episode is coming out on Valentine's Day. So because of that, I wanted to make sort of a Valentine's-ish themed episode. And by that, I mean, I want to talk about my relationship, dot, 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 with death. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it might be interesting because I had a few questions a while back that were kind of about, for example, how my relationship with death has evolved since I started working in the death industry, why I started this work in the first place or what drew me to this type of work, things like that. So I, yeah, wanted to do a little bit of an episode just talking about in general how I feel about death because, yeah, I have been bringing my friends on and interviewing them to kind of face their own mortality and what they think about death, what scares them and stuff like that. So I thought it was only fair that I do the same thing. So first I'll talk about how my relationship with death has evolved since I started in the industry, which I guess is a little bit hard to articulate. Like I was never somebody who was afraid of death, but I guess it would be important to maybe talk about I guess why I first became interested in this type of work because I think that is pretty closely tied to how I felt about death and why I kind of started seeking that kind of work out or became interested in that kind of work. It is a little dark, a little personal, (laughs) but I, when I was a wee wee teensman, a a teenager, (laughs) I, I thought about death a lot. I thought about my own death a lot. Yeah, it was just something that took up a lot of my brain space in kind of a dark way. And I had just really become like consumed with it. And I think through that, I found other catharsis through like really macabre things. Like I started reading a lot of like Edgar Allan Poe and really liked just like dark media, like so like other like kind of creepy horror books, mostly just a lot of like dark television things with like serial killers. And I don't know, I think it just kind of was like, I was in such a dark place that I just felt drawn to this kind of media and whatnot. But as a part of that, I think I also felt like if I was going to be thinking about death all the time, like I might as well monetize it essentially. (laughs) So when I was kind of in my planning for graduating high school and, you know, thinking about what I wanted to go to school for and study and do with my life, I really needed something to like, I felt like I needed something to really pull me out of this darkness. And for some reason, the only thing that drawn to was these very like dark things. So I would, had always been interested in medicine And when I started looking into like types of doctors, the first type of doctor I actually wanted to be was a forensic pathologist because I had this kind of affinity or curiosity about working in a morgue, being around death, seeing what that was like. And yeah, the doctors who are around death the most, except maybe palliative care physicians, are pathologists and specifically forensic pathologists because they're the ones who are doing the autopsies all the time. So I just started investigating that a lot. And I think it really helped, I guess, turn my, again, my my consuming thoughts about death into like a productive outlet. So I just started like researching that type of medicine a lot. And I started 
just kind of planning to see how I could potentially enter that field one day. And I had also always been interested in like criminology. So when I was thinking about what kind of undergrad I wanted to do, I I looked into, yeah, I looked into criminology programs and, you know, I really liked the kind of investigative work that came with that. And so, yeah, I applied for a, a criminology program. So that's what I did my undergraduate degree in. And through the undergrad degrees, how I got my practicum at the morgue and started working with forensic pathologists. But yeah, I would say like in terms of my relationship with death, it just was, I don't know, I think it, it did scare me at first. I think it scared me that I thought about it so much. It wasn't so much like the thoughts themselves in some ways, but it was just like, why is this where my default kind of mindset goes to is these like kind of dark things. And I think that was my way of kind of getting control of the narrative is like, well, if I'm going to be thinking about death, I might as well, you know, make a career out of it essentially and, and go from there. So that was kind of my way of, yeah, managing that. But, you know, before that even, besides having like a couple of grandparents pass away, you know, essentially of old age. I hadn't experienced a lot of death personally, you know, pets who had passed away. Those were obviously always really hard. I did take care of somebody for a few years who was in their fifties and had really advanced multiple sclerosis. And she passed away in her mid fifties, and that was the first time somebody had passed away in my life who I was very close to and arguably was, you know, like, quote unquote, before their time. But that was also something that really started making me think about death in an interesting way because her and I would actually talk about death quite a bit and very openly because she was actually very open about wanting to die. And that was the first time I had really had a conversation with somebody who, you know, had thought a lot about their own death, but it wasn't in the kind of traditional, like strictly like suicidal sense, but just that her quality of life was so difficult and she had lived through so much already that, you know, she wasn't actively seeking to end her life. But, you know, with MS, there are a lot of complications that in, you know, a lot of other cases wouldn't necessarily result in death if you're like an able-bodied and healthy person. But, you know, things that were a very real risk to her. And she just talked about not wanting to be resuscitated if any of those things were to take her life. And I don't know, Anytime I would be like, have like a, a sadder reaction to that or, you know, because I think societally that's such a like maybe jarring thing to hear somebody say and you almost want to like question them and be like, hey, is this a good thing? Are you okay? Where are you at? But she just spoke about it with such clarity and it like it did make a lot of sense to me and ultimately she did pass away due to a complication of her MS like I said, in her mid-50s. And I remember taking it really hard because, you know, it, it's death. It's somebody you love and care about. But also remembering literally what she, like, told me and that 
she would be happy when she finally, like, that's what she wanted is that she wanted to die. So it was this kind of odd grieving process of like, you know, really what is there to be sad about in a weird way. But I think my relationship with her really started changing the way I thought about death in certain respects. And then by the time I started working in the morgue, I don't know. I don't know if there was like a huge shift. I don't know if there was like a massive, you know, if you had met me four years ago and then, you know, talk to me now about death, if I would have like a pretty profoundly different answer. I think maybe the biggest thing is like, I just know the kind of behind the curtain look at a certain part of the death industry and almost from like a bureaucratic or like logistical side, I would be more, I don't know, I think in certain ways, like competent with dealing with death, which is maybe like a weird way to put it. But I think if I imagine, you know, somebody in my life right now passing away, how I would deal with that or how I would feel about death. I don't know. I feel like maybe a part of me uh, as like a defense mechanism or something would switch into the like hyper practical, well, let me just, you know, deal with all of this and make all the phone calls because I kind of know how this stuff works. But I'm not saying that's like a necessarily a good thing. I would maybe that would not ultimately be best for like my grieving process or whatever. But, you know, I'm just like waxing <laughs> about, I don't know. I, yeah, it's all hypothetical. But yeah, I don't know. I think because I've spent so much time around death and I've spent so much time thinking about it that it doesn't, not a lot of it about it scares me anymore. But I also sometimes feel like I might be hypocritical by saying that because, you know, I haven't you know, experienced it that much. So it's hard to say. And like every death is different. Every death will affect you differently. So it's kind of hard to say exactly how my relationship was, has changed to it. I don't think about death as much anymore. I think that was maybe the biggest thing with working in the morgue is I feel like I really got it out of my system. Like, I think there was a part of me that like needed to be down there for a while and just like really confront it all head on. And there was a very like distinct moment during the pandemic while I was working in the morgue where I was just like, I just don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> like whatever, like, you know, dark little insidious thing that like brought me there in the first place, not insidious. It's not like anything that but terrible, just mental illness, you know, but <laughs> I don't know. I just remember like just being, I'm done. I don't need to be here. I don't want to be here anymore. And yeah, like shortly after I left my job, I mean, by shortly after, I mean, probably a couple months, but you know, that's, I think when the process really started, uh, churning in my head of like, do you want to continue with this type of work? Is this really for you? Why am I still working here, you know, besides money? <laughs> and then I ultimately decided to leave. So yeah, my, my I would just say my relationship continues to evolve with death. And who knows how I how feel about it. Like, I, <laughs> it's funny. I just realized that I'm like, I don't really think about death anymore. And I'm like writing full time now and I literally only write about death. So <laughs> I'll just fact check myself in real time. <laughs> Cause yeah, I guess that, that really is it is like, 
I just keep finding places to funnel my thoughts about death into essentially um, productive and or like capitalistic ways, which we'll unpack that maybe in another episode. But I think it's just a like a coping mechanism. I'm like, I just feel drawn to these topics and I need a way to externalize them. And I think possibly... I don't know, for me, writing has been better for that than being around the death because I think it's good that I had that experience for sure. But yeah, I think it's just, I think this is better for me now, like having some space from it. And it kind of allows me to be more like cerebral about it, which I like. So who knows? Fully, these episodes are just me rambling. Anyways, I'll go on to the next uh, question. And that is, how has your work with bodies changed your relationship with your own body? Which I think is such an interesting question and something I also didn't really think about until this question was asked. And it is interesting because I feel like, again, societally, bodies like death are like this shameful thing that shouldn't be talked about. (laughs) So I grew up not seeing other people's bodies in any real way. So like it was, you know, we talk about bodies in media a lot, of course. And for somebody who like grew up with TV and movies very prominently, yeah, a lot of my references were like big cultural references in in media and magazines. And again, maybe a whole other episode on this, but like problematic, difficult uh, body image issues for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, But working in the morgue, and this might be weird to say, but working in the morgue was the first time I saw like the most diverse set of ways the human body can look and like naked, you know, like I saw, I have seen more naked dead bodies, like exponentially more than I have in real life. And that's interesting, (laughs) an interesting fact about me. But yeah, I, it was, it was really interesting just to see all the, like the different forms the body can take, like size, shapes, colors. And I also mean in the sense of like even stages of decomposition, like I feel like I got a really broad range of like, oh, these are all of the different ways bodies can look. And I don't know, it's hard to say if it's just like me aging myself and like gaining new perspectives about my body and how I feel about it. I felt definitely more in line with like the body neutrality. I find myself not thinking about my own body as much anymore. Like I did when I was younger and like, especially in the context of like how it looks. And I, it's hard to like exactly pinpoint if that was like, because I started working in the morgue. I don't know if it's you know, that causational or just happens to be a factor, a variable and in many confounding variables that affected how I feel about my body now. But that is something notable. I think it has forever changed me, even if I can't, you know, articulate it or pinpoint why, like three or so years working in a morgue, and seeing a bunch of different bodies doesn't automatically unpack everything that society continues to teach us about how our bodies quote unquote should look. So anyways, it's, it'll be more f- uh, food for thought for sure. But anyways, I mean, 
yeah, th- those are, that's mostly what I wanted to talk about. Two pretty rambly answers, but that ain't that the way when I'm just talking to a mic. But I think it is something to consider because as you've maybe heard, if you've been listening to the interviews, a lot of people have a fear of death. It's very significant in our society. It's very stigmatized. It's very taboo in a lot of ways. And I think I've been on like either end of the like thinking about it too much and maybe thinking about it a normal amount. And maybe some people are just, sorry, there's no normal amount uh, of time to spend on thinking about death. But what I'm realizing through this podcast and just talking to people is that People think about death a lot more than maybe we all think we do. And, you know, again, it's a spectrum, but I think it's something nice to talk about out loud because I think it's easy to kind of pathologize or become afraid and of these kinds of things. And yeah, if, if we all felt more comfortable talking about it, I don't know, it might be less scary in some way. But maybe that's just me. (laughs) But, you know, through this podcast or even just talking to your friends, I think it's a nice thing to do to broach the the topic. And also, you know, realizing that people have all different kinds of boundaries around this stuff. But, you know, that's good to know, too, and to, like, question. And it's like, if you are really sensitive about death and you feel like it's a super taboo thing, like, why do you feel that way? Like, it's okay you feel that way, but I think it would be interesting to go into. But also maybe... If you're listening to this podcast, you're not afraid of death. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you're also somebody who just likes to like tackle your fears head on, which is, I think kind of that's what I did by going into the morgue is there was so much unknown and scary about death that I was like, well, I should like go into the trenches and find out myself what the big deal is, you know? (laughs) And I think it was something that I'm super glad I did. No regrets or anything. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm glad I did it, but I'm also glad I'm out. So there we have it. I'll leave it there. A little bit of a shorter episode uh, this week, because I'm sure y'all have valentine's plans but yeah show yourself some love whatever uh, point of the week you're listening to this but i hope whatever form of love it takes whether it be self-love or platonic or romantic or the many other forms i hope i hope you feel the love as always you can find me on instagram and twitter at rochelle uni i don't know send me a meme <laughs> like <laughs> It, it doesn't have to be about anything. But if you do have something to say about the podcast, too, I always want to hear that as well. So you can find me there. And what else do I usually say? I mean, if you want to rate, leave a little review, follow along if you like the episode, tell a friend. You know, if you have like an emo <laughs> friend or uh, somebody who you think might like it, send them an episode and yeah, that would just mean a lot. Anyways, okay, uh, sending you my love if you're listening and you made it this far, uh, giving you a little uh, a virtual kiss over the airwaves, and I hope you have a great week and stay safe and stay alive out there.